pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left and Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Steve Curran. And I am Anne Scantlebury. Yes, you are. And Simon is not here. No, he's in Japan. Oh, yes, isn't he? He he looks like he is having the best time. I was about to ask, what is the last social media update you saw from Byron? Um, He was doing karaoke with... David McCarthy. Okay, good. In Tokyo. That's fantastic. Uh, And then I sent him a message on his birthday, and then he sent me a picture of David to say thanks, (laughs) which is exactly what I wanted. What a way to say thanks that is. Um, So that's good, but he's not here. No, he's not. And he's not here next week either. No, we don't know what he's doing next week, though. He's back from Japan. Okay. Anything could be happening. He's not here. He isn't here, no. Uh, Next week, we have a guest. Do we? I'm pretty sure I saw I'm that sure going on guest. on the old email. Uh, didn't see any guest shenanigans for this week, and indeed, opposite me... There's no one. Zero people. There's no one. So it's a Steen and Stella... Stripped back show today. <laughs> Minimal show, which you might have noticed we didn't exactly start on the hour. No, just... Just easing in. Out. Just easing in. There's no, no There's rush. There's no rush. Guys, this isn't an uptight show. We're we an informal kind of show. No, we we just... don't need to impress you anymore. We're how long into our, our marriage? 12 years? About 12 years. So we, we just, just come on, come home. Video games. Take off our pants, relax into the sofa, burp. Oh, I don't want to be at that stage just yet. <laughs> Let's try and keep some of the decor. Some of the magic as well. Yeah. All right. Well, we are a video game radio show. Uh, we've been talking about video games for literally years and we've learned nothing 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 at all but we'll try we'll try are we going to learn anything today uh i don't think i've got any good new facts i've got i've got news so that's something there we go we'll learn something Mm. how's your week been 
Uh, You've had a busy week, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, very busy week. You know, don't, don't try and get on the property ladder because people <laughs> keep pulling the ladder away from what? you. Yeah, it's very stressful, that, mm. having all that money. Uh, so well, do you have all that, all that money? No. Do you have it in a big suitcase? Having all that pretend money that you it's start real, going, oh, I think that money is, is worth, I think that thing's worth that money. And it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it it's doesn't. all just pretend. Mm. Anyway, it's also stressful as well. So that's... um. That's been a lot of fun. However, uh, for the review section later, I've been ver- playing a very soothing game to Have help you? alleviate some of that stress. Okay. Well, so, the good know. news is because I've been—I was away last week. Mm. Uh, I've got two weeks worth of games to talk about. So, Brilliant. review section, we should be fine. Letters—we've had some of those. Two. Still time. If you're listening, you Team can email us. Com. Yep. Uh, and uh, news—we know we've got other stuff to talk about. Christmas party. Christmas party. Christmas in general. So we can talk about that. Yeah. Um, Maybe we can talk about... Well, we're not really on Christmas episode. We can't talk... We're more Thanksgiving episode. Is that what this is? Let's talk about what we're thankful for. Good idea. We'll do that later in the show. How's your week been? Well, I was ill, wasn't I? Oh, you were. You picked up an illness at Marioki, did you? I think so. Probably from uh, all of my, you know, high-impact mic work. Um, on on Friday night, so I started feeling a bit grotty on Sunday, and by Monday I was like, "Yeah, definitely got a cold." So that's why I cried off at last week. And Hope yeah, you really, literally cried. I was. I was almost crying, <laughs> oh, a little bit dear. weepy, uh, mostly from my nose. And then Ooh. I uh, got well again, so I Good. feel completely fine now. A bit cough e sometimes. So apologies, listeners, if you hear that. But maybe it's taken my voice down a bit. No, no, no. Like, do you know like what? It's, it's that gravelly. It's the gravelly thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's good to be. You've got a bit odds on there. You, <laughs> sometimes when you have a cold, you go sort of right. like smooth jazz FM. Yeah. Sometimes you do that, but you've got a bit gamblers yeah. anonymous odds today. On, odds on OD. <laughs> should bring him back. We, we should. You ready for the news? Why not? Shall we do it? Yeah. All right. Here we go. on Monday the 26th of November. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. The new Spyro remake has come under fire for failing to include subtitle options to help with accessibility. While Spyro does include on-screen text for in-game conversations, cutscenes are without subtitling, making it inaccessible for players who are deaf or have problems with their hearing. Activision's response was a bit rubbish, saying, When Toys for Bob set out to make an awesome game collection, there were certain decisions that needed to be made throughout the process. The team remained committed to keeping the integrity and legacy of Spyro that fans remembered intact. Hmm, that is quite a poor response, isn't it? Yeah, it does go on. Obviously, the music stops, so I just stopped. <laughs> uh, so it goes on to say, the game was built from the ground up using new, engi- uh, new engine for the team, Unreal 4, uh, and was localised in languages that had not previously been attempted by the studio. While there's no industry standard for subtitles, the studio and Activision care about the fans' experiences, especially with respect to accessibility for people with different abilities. So does that mean they're going to do something about this? Well, it sounds as though they might, but um, sort of looking back um, t- 
to see if this kind of thing has been readdressed in the past. So apparently Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, um, which was released in 2017, also didn't include subtitles as an option. Uh, and I think there was a... It, not so much was made of that at the time, and it still doesn't have subtitle options. Why, do, why, do, why did... Um like obviously I believe One Life Left's policy is games are for everyone should Mm -hmm. be for everyone and every effort should be made to include as many people as possible uh, or specifically not to exclude anyone Mm. from the games you put out Um, why do we think that this in particular blew up? I don't I don't know to be honest and I I don't know if it's because um, lots of people who do not have problems with their hearing use subtitles for lots of different reasons maybe people Mm. who play they've got a baby asleep and they don't want to wake them up or if they've just got a very there's lots of noise going on um or people who sometimes i you just find it easier to concentrate on the words if they're on the screen as well as hearing them right that's right um so i don't know specifically why this sort of came about but it um I think it's sort of been latched onto a little bit because of... It's an internet pile-on a bit, even if it's for the good reasons. Yeah, well, I think it's partly because uh, what Activision put out saying there's no industry standard. Well, there there, there isn't anything where you would say, you know, it's a law, you have to have it Mm -hmm. in there. But, it, you know, people do understand that accessibility is a thing and... Just because it, you don't have to do it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. By saying there's no industry standard sort of says, well, no, well, no one else is doing it, so I'm not doing it. Well, actually, lots of other people are doing it. So I saw an interesting thread on this. Uh, I think it was one of the original tweets that blew up by someone mm-hmm. which said, there is no excuse for mm. not having this. If you can have a trigger that sets off a sound, um, a sound effect... Uh, or a wave file that is the dialogue. If you can have that trigger in there, then there's no reason you can't have the same trigger setting off a text box. Mm-hmm. Which um, I saw a really, really, really long multi-tweet response to, which was I thought quite uh, quite well written. Which said, uh, you know, just so you, there there are plenty of reasons why this stuff isn't. It's not that simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the sort of surface, yeah, that's all you need to do. But actually, there are, you know, a dozen other factors which actually make the art of sub- subtitling much more complex mm. than that. And I'm I'm not going to go into those now because I can't remember them, but each of them was a decent point and not written in an aggressive, I am smacking you down, actually, you don't know what you're talking mm. about. But actually to say that, you know, subtitling is a, is a fairly complex problem, especially when it goes across many languages. And is Spyro, is this a remake? Yes. Yeah, well, especially when it's also a remake of a very, very old game. You may not have access to the original scripts and the original files and all of this stuff. None of this is an excuse for why it hasn't happened. It is an explanation of why it hasn't happened in this instance. The flip side of that is you've got to throw lots of money at it to make it happen, and Activision have that money. Mm. We know, uh, so it should happen. But it isn't trivial. It isn't a thing that can you know, happen on on a zero-budget basis. Mm. Um, But we are humans, and we want everyone to be included, especially in a game that is as, as, you know, as bright and friendly as Spiral. Although, actually, no, it shouldn't matter whether it's bright and friendly, should it? It should be, especially in everything. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, a game which is as inclusive as Spyro, then excluding people uh, seems particularly 
Curious. Is, what you're saying, is it different? Um, does it make it harder or easier to include uh, subtitles or other things in cutscenes as opposed to in gameplay? I think that's another complexity, but it's still... <laughs> I guess subtitling in cutscenes is a thing that could be baked in mm. for specific languages. Uh, depending on how many languages you are, obviously there's an expense that's commensurate with that. But I think this is specifically taking about talking about in-game. No, no, no it was talking about cutscenes. It was okay. saying so. There's, uh, sorry, the, there are uh, there's text for in-game conversations, mm-hmm. but it's cutscenes. It's that, just the cutscenes. Yeah. So yeah, I, again, I'd encourage people to read the thread, which knows far more about mm. this than I do, and should be easily found uh the thread closed with of course activision should be doing this and of course this game should have this in um and we should all whenever we create something think about our audience uh and think about who we are excluding by making this thing because we are invariably excluding someone and Mm. the key is to you know try and minimize that as possible as much as possible there was some uh i some interesting statistics in the Eurogamer article on this, which uh, showed that around 9 million people in the UK are affected by hearing loss. Um, but that of other people that use um, subtitles for different reasons, mm-hmm. um, sort of putting them all together in Assassin's Creed Origins, um, it was apparently 60% of people playing use subtitles. Right, okay. That's not a small number of people. And it doesn't matter if it's, well, they either could play it or couldn't play it. Like, it's making it easier for your players is going to make your players want to play more and come back for longer. Yeah, absolutely. I did see another response, which was subtitles should be on all the time by default. Uh, now, 60% implies over half the people playing yeah. want uh, so maybe they should be. Certainly for me, I would always turn them off because for me, um, unless the dialogue is inaudible uh, mm. for some reason or I'm playing it with the volume off or it's in a language I don't understand, for mm-hmm. example. But generally I'll keep them off because it ruins some of the uh, subtlety of the voice acting, the delivery, the jokes uh, are are less, they have less impact with subtitles, I think. But... Um, you know, I'm one person, and and what? the idea is, I know, is to make these things as flexible so they suit as wider audience as possible, and we include as many people as possible in this. Does that make sense? Is that right? I yeah, I, th- right. I think that's right. Thanks. Development of the rest of the final season of The Walking Dead game has resumed. Skybound, a company founded by Walking Dead comic creator Robert Kirkman, stepped in when work on the game was halted following the closure of original developer Telltale Games. And from the sound of it, plenty of the devs who worked on it previously will be back on it again. A statement said, It's been a ton of work logistically and legally to get us to a place where we're able to roll up our sleeves and get to the actual work, but we're excited to let you know that many of the talented, passionate team members who originally worked on the game are resuming development efforts today that's fantastic good for fans of the game and good for the devs who have managed to find a new position at a new studio working on the content that they uh they were enjoying making before uh it doesn't solve all the problems of no course. uh do we know what sort of percentage of the staff are employed at this new studio because no. i imagine it's quite small yeah it didn't say um and i tried to look into the company it looks like it does quite a lot of different things like comics and games and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're definitely an entertainment company. Right, because it's the guy who who wrote The Walking Dead. Yeah, the, uh, the, the original comic. Yeah. So presumably it's a vehicle for owning that IP. Does he own that IP? I, I don't, don't know. know. I guess there's lots of different stuff on the website. It was uh-huh. quite overwhelming. 
all that content. Uh, so yeah, I was trying to figure out what other game stuff they've made, but it, there was just lots of like board games and lo- a variety of different things on there. Right. Um, so Where's it I, based? D- mm. I don't know. I wonder mm. if it's close by or want, if they've had to make... Hmm. If only there was a way to <laughs> find out. Way of finding out. Uh, it's also good news for people who've uh, who invested in that uh, in the multi-part thing. Yeah. So uh, it said that people season. who have uh, purchased it already won't have to buy it again. They'll okay. just get these new ones when they come out. They're gonna uh, say they're gonna announce the release dates fairly soon. And so for a little while, some of the um, earlier seasons of the Walking Dead game were taken down for mm-hmm. sale. Um, they were saying that they're working to get them back up. I'm not sure if they're back up now, but they were saying, oh, it might take a few days, but we they will be back up. So it looks like they've probably taken all that. So are Telltale, Telltale still alive? No, we had, I think, it was it last week or week before we had a story about them... Oh no! They, I think this is a story I started to write and then stopped writing, okay. uh, where they <laughs> they um, have gone into liquidation. So the, all of their assets, furniture, um, okay. hardware, everything is being IP. Everything is being sold off. So presumably, this was per- the IP for this was purchased through that process. Telltale Games filed for bankruptcy in November 2018. Mm. Uh, so they are. That means. So what that means. Wait a second, if they're liquidating that, could we buy those assets? Yeah, what do we want? Well, that's a good question. What do people like at Telltale? Uh, Games developed, let's have a look. Uh, So we can skip through those ones. Wallace and Gromit's Grand Adventures. I assume they don't have the IP for that. Sorry. Uh, The Walking Dead, we know about that. The Wolf Among Us. Is that theirs? Or is that based on something? I think it might be a comic or something. Uh, Yeah, it's based on... Bill Willingham's Fables comics, so we can't have that. Uh, Poker Night 2. I love Tales, Poker. Tales from the Borderlands. I don't think they own the rights to Poker. Tales from, Tales from the Borderlands. They don't have Borderlands. Game of Thrones, is that theirs? You've got to imagine so, it's right? Like it's... Minecraft. Yeah, that'll mode. be theirs. That'll be theirs as well. And Batman. Let's have oh, all I, of them. I, I should imagine they own that. Perfect. It sounds like there's trouble in Activision Blizzard household. That's according to a report on Kotaku. Activision owns Blizzard, and while it has previously acted fairly separately, the two have come more closely aligned recently. A source within Blizzard has said that the angst comes from a desire to cut costs at the company and release more games more regularly. This year, Blizzard has offered expansions and updates on World of Warcraft, Overwatch, and Hearthstone, with announced titles coming up being recently announced mobile game Diablo Immortal, World of Warcraft Classic, and a War. Warcraft 3 remake. That's interesting. More games more regularly contrasts with what I thought was the greater industry trend of fewer games with more updates. Well. 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 So Blizzard's mantra, which I quite like, is it'll be ready when it's ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then contrast this with Activision, who bring out a new Call of Duty every year. All the year. time. Yeah. So... And they don't, they're sort of doing expansions and uh, working on, it feels like they're sort of mining more into their current IP rather than new game, new game, new game. Again, um, that I mean, that seems to be the general games industry trend is you find one piece of IP, one game franchise that does well, and then you grow that audience rather than mm. trying to keep that audience and 
grab more audiences. Mm. You decide, okay, that's our market, you know, born from uh, games, you know, studios like Riot working on League of Legends and that just becoming a whole huge industry in itself, uh, Minecraft and and increasingly things like Call of Duty which or, or Battlefield where companies are like, okay, we will spend, this will become an ongoing cycle mm. uh, and a maintenance cycle once it's out because you have your season passes and all of that. It's much, theoretically, it's more it's easier and more lucrative to keep an audience to retain them and to monetize them than it is to keep chasing a brand new audience mm. uh, for a new piece of IP. Obviously, this is all very speculative and how, you know, who really knows what goes on in very large companies like this? <laughs> um, I mean, imagine some people do. You they must so. work there. <laughs> um, I wonder if it is maybe more, if it's more aligned with the we want more games more frequently or if it's more aligned with the sort of cutting cost side of things because mm. that that's something where if you are very proud of the work you know what the work that you put into your games um if you are you know you ha- you know you have an audience and you know you want to continue to keep up the high quality that that audience expects but you're also expected to cut costs or not spend money when it's not necessary then you're wor- you might start to worry that maybe what you'll be putting out isn't going to be quite as high quality as it has been i would imagine that if you have and again i have no i've worked with activision briefly uh, a long time ago and i've never worked with uh blizzard um so i've no experience here at all and don't know what i'm talking about good but that's never stopped us before no. as a radio show. Uh, mm, this is all we've got today. So, <laughs> so uh, if you've got two huge companies that merge like that, and uh, re- you know, often they start by saying, "We're going to continue." You know, we're just best mates. We're just hanging out, just supporting each other. But we're we're going to stay off each other's territory. Mm. We're going to do our same thing, and then all of that's fine. And then usually, what happens is you have some senior management changes, and people go, "Well, hang on." This doesn't really make sense because, sure, the the dev teams they need to be completely separate. Blizzard have a way of working that isn't the same as, same as our Activision Studios or what have you. But do we really need two whole marketing departments? You know, two completely separate because they're doing the same things. Mm. The and it's you know we just gave this person a huge salary bump from going one to the other. It makes no sense at all, and all of this sort of thing. Little incidents like that tend to draw attention to the duplication of roles that's costing companies dear. Um, and once you sort of start talking about that and start talking about merging those things to cut costs, that's when people get cross because people are losing jobs, jobs mm-hmm. are at risk, but also so is the sort of way that your company works. And it makes sense on a broader broader scale because, you know, if they're not communicating properly, then they're doubling up work and maybe things are, are you know, they're their audiences are not exactly in synergy and they're cannibalising one audience to take another, release dates do not fall at the same time. But you do run the risk of losing what makes Blizzard Blizzard or what makes Activision Activision. Mm. Mm. I mean, I think that's true. Okay. I think that's true. It's Steam Link on the brink following Valve's announcement that it's ending the hardware. Steam Link what? Right. The box first released in November 2015 and it lets you stream PC games on your TV. European stock is now sold out with stock in the US nearly gone and there's no plan to replace it. Valve tried to make Steam Link hardware a thing but now is now going on to focus on making the software for iOS and Android the same kind of thing. I don't understand what that means. The so software for Steam. So Steam Link is the hardware, right? Okay. But there's obviously software that runs it. 
to get the your games. Okay. So you can you can now run okay. that on your on your Android or on your iPhone. Well, so I can run Steam Link on my Android. Yeah. I can download it now. You should be able to. I've got Steam. Is that the same as Steam Link? Hmm. Let's Google. Or Android. Or Android. No, that is Google. Okay. Siri. Okay, Siri. Uh, uh, Steam. Oh. Sh- <laughs> Go away. So, Steam Link um, lets you play PC games. Oh, yeah, it is. There it is. Steam Link for Peter. Uh, how, how is Siri? Uh, she thought you were talking about Steven. Oh, okay. Um, so, Steam Link lets us play stuff. I'm installing it now. We'll find out. Uh, so, they're giving up on hardware and going to a more software-based solution that uses your hardware devices that you've got. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Do we think that Valve are generally stepping away from hardware? I mean, how's the Steam controller doing? Do we know anything about that? I've not heard much about it for since since I'm going to Google Steam controller. I mean, obviously at home you could be Googling could Steam controller. Let me do it for you. Yeah. Or let Siri... Oh, it doesn't work when I say it. No, this phone only responds to my, hey Siri. There you go. Okay. Oh, that's your new phone. I yeah. see. Got you. Okay. Uh, uh, Steam controller. I'm just Googling Steam controller to find out what's going on. Go so, on. Uh, Valve tried to make the Steam Link work. Yes, uh, they did, as as kept, all good companies should. <laughs> and, get, uh, and did discounts. And and obviously, like, it has sold because they're running out, like, they're basically out of um, units. But it just it seems like it didn't really catch on in a way that they had hoped. And obviously, you know, as people's phones get more uh, more competent in running uh, better software on them, it, it does seem to make sense. What you know, do you need another sort of console thing to run something from your PC to your TV? I don't know. I, th- I sort of feel like people are trying to step away. Want maybe want smaller things. Want to go digital. Maybe don't want. So- Quite. I think it's I think it's more simple than that, isn't it? If the if they can duplicate the hardware stuff in software, then it's much lower risk for them to concentrate on the software. Mm. And I think Valve are like an interesting company because they must be making so much money from PC uh, game sales that, in a sense, it must be hard for them to decide what to do because it's like we've got all the money. Where do we want to be? What do we want to do next? I guess the answer for the people who run them, or well, the traditional answer, is to craft them into a company that's easy to sell, easy for buyers to understand, and uh, and then to uh, then to check out for billions and billions of dollars mm. uh, if you're at the head of the company. Now, in order to do that, a lot of the time you have to streamline what you are, so you have to get rid of the extra businesses that you've tried and mm. don't really really make sense because otherwise investors come along and are like, "What are you? A hardware company? A software company?" The answer is no. We are the platform on which all, almost all PC games are sold. Uh, that's easy for people to understand. All of the extra stuff, not so much. I'm not saying that Valve are about a you know look for a look for a suitor to buy them, but if they were, that's what they should be doing. And take it from me, <laughs> a billionaire who's excellent at investing. 
And finally, shoes news. PlayStation is to launch its next set of shoes this weekend. This is the second set to come from a collaboration with Paul George and Nike, with the first set going on sale in February this year. The trainers look like if you kicked a PS1 too hard and it moulded onto your foot, i.e. pretty cool. The tongues also light up with PlayStation branding. Ideal for stepping into Christmas and stepping back in time in one easy move. You're too early for Christmas puns. No! You are. It's, it's coming out on the 1st of December. This is a pre no, I suppose you will Christmas. step into Exactly. Step into Christmas. That's why that was both a good joke and accurate. <laughs> it was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, all the Christmas stuff's coming out now. Um have you got a picture of them? Uh do I have a picture? I mean cuz that'll work well on yeah. radio. Did, oh yeah, there you go. Let me have a look. All right. I see your see your PlayStation shoes. And I raise you some Sega shoes. Uh, some sugars. These are Puma. Is that how you say it? Puma? 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 You, you would say Puma. Yeah, as in like the cat. I think I was just going to be a bit more American. I know, mm. it's a, I know it's named after the cat. The, the logo is a cat. Yeah, and how would you say that? Puma. <laughs> Puma. Anyway, Sega shoes. They just look like trainers. So do yours. Yours are like boring grey trainers. Okay, firstly, they are not mine. Okay. And secondly, they're they will much, be. They're much cooler. You can have the Sony ones. I'll have the Sega ones. Yeah. What will Simon have? Oh, his Wii, Wii U ones will be in the river. Wii. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so that's... Uh, so are they going to do... Well? Did you... By the way, did you just do this so you got to say shoes news? Literally. Yes, yeah, really good. Yes. Really good. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully our listeners like that as much as I did, because I enjoyed you saying that. Yeah, um, I think these ones look much better than the ones that were released earlier this year, which, so, they were weird. They had, like, there was, like, a code in the back of them, and it was never really clear what that code was for. Uh, and I think in the tongue... You wait could... a second, wait a second. When you say it was never really clear what that code... Really clear. Do you mean it wasn't clear to them... Does it, or it wasn't clear to other people, or you just didn't read far enough down the article? No, no, to tell I read, you. I read it. Okay, and it said it said that there was a code, and it wasn't clear what it was for. It said, oh, it said. So I, I <laughs> so you took that as read because they'll have done their research. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I assume by now people, hey, if you've had those shoes, do write in team at onelifeleft.com. This is user research. Uh, yeah, I think these look cooler. I like the grey better. Okay. I like they've got a nice little strap you across them. You are a very grey person, whereas I'm more colourful Sega Blue Skies type person. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, they've got little their little high tops, got a, bit of a, got a bit of a lace. You know how I like a lace? <laughs> Some are... shoes are Velcro. I mean, not adult ones, are they? Yeah. Can you still get those little dials that you twist and tighten the laces? They were brilliant. I don't know what that means. I used to okay. have the shoes that had the key in the bottom. The key? Yeah. Heelys? No. L- no. Lighties? No, no, no. no. Uh, they, there was like a key that unlocked a secret bit of your shoe. What? What did you put in it? Your foot. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. All right. Uh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right. Thanks, man.
This is Amateur LSDJ, one of the stalwarts of One Life Left from chipmusic.org. It's called Urgency. Sounds like a pro to me. <laughs> oh, we're so good at radio. Yep. It's been so, so, so good for so long. Uh, we're One Life Left. We're a radio show about video games. We've been doing this for 12 years. We're the longest running video game radio show in the world, and they cannot take that away from us until we stop. And they do. Yeah. Good luck, guys. Do we have to be continuous? Like, at what point do we stop running? Like, what if we stopped for a little stop. bit and then start? Because we take the summer off. That's true. But people know we're always there. But we there. haven't folded. Like, I guess the idea is that we're taking the summer off, but we're always quite close to the radio station. So if yeah, someone yeah. was like, One Life Left, you've been off for two months. If you go off for two months and a day, then your record stops. We'd be able to race down yeah. there and quickly do an impromptu show. Um, but we don't have to do that because we've noticed. Actually, I don't know. I don't know who the second longest running video game radio show is. There was one in America. I feel like it was in Texas or something. Yeah, but that was that that had stopped. Yeah, that yeah. Had stopped. I wonder why. Yeah, because we stopped them, <laughs> or because they heard us and they were like, "We don't want to be well, like them." No. Uh, we'll go you know, Well, there aren't that many. Other. There's not many video game radio shows, and there are lots of video game podcasts, but I wonder if we're the longest-running podcast now. Huh. Podcasts, we were there at the inception of podcasts, really. Not conception, yeah, inception. I was say. <laughs> that was Maybe not our fault. We were there for both, I think. Right, should we do letters? Uh, yeah, good. We just had an extra one in, so that takes us to three. Dear team and SSG, sorry, uh, no SSG, I was on a flying visit of England this weekend and decided to try my luck uh, picking up Victor Vran for Nintendo Switch. But when I went to game, they said they had a copy, but they couldn't find it. They had opened the new game and separated the cart from the case, and alas, it was nowhere to be found. I find this doubly frustrating because I wanted the, that game, which is physically £11 cheaper than digitally at the moment. And I get annoyed when I'm sold a new game that's already been unwrapped and unboxed. It takes some intangible part of the magic of a new game away. So, question one. Do you think this is something we, as buyers, should be accepting? And question two... Should I just suck it up and get the digital version now? Love and kisses, Chris Stewart. Thanks for your letter, Chris. I think that you should... Hmm. I like buying physical copies of uh, Switch games because I think it feels nicer to be able to lend them to people. Mm -hmm. That said, I do find it annoying switching over the carts and I almost bought a second copy of Mario Kart just so it was always on my system. Um, so I think if you're if you if you know that you're going to be fond of the game, then yes, yeah, suck it up and buy the digital one because it's it's easy. Um, on to answer your other question, yeah, like obviously, if you buy a new game, it should be new, and that mm-hmm. means you should get the pleasure and or frustration of doing that little peeling of that tab that you can't quite get your nails under, and then you peel it off there and you, you get the new game smell. Also, if you're buying a and then new you get game, the new game taste of oh, the cartridge. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I got sick the last, <laughs> last did, time I looked at that. So d- maybe don't try that. Um, isn't there like a sort of, not a warranty thing, but like a see- if it's not sealed, then it's not guaranteed that it's going to be good. You know, what do some- you mean like as a, <laughs> a bad game? Seven out of ten. Yeah. Uh, no, like, uh, yeah, when you get like some product 
products that have like a seal on them and if that seal is broken it said this is not uh, you think someone's injected some bad code into, yeah, into the maybe right I see or it's a dodgy they've taken out the real cop put in a dodgy fake one it's gonna blow up your switch I think the only pleasure I am gonna get from Smash Brothers on switch is gonna be unwrapping that box and I will be very very annoyed if that has uh what about taken away from me? if you smash Smash Brothers? <laughs> no, I'll definitely get pleasure from telling people that I don't like it and people getting cross with me. Um, good. I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Robert Wells writes, Hello team. Hello fictional SSG. So we're just coming to the end of Cyber Monday. The inevitable <laughs> sequel. What? Is that the official pronunciation? Yeah, yeah. it is. The inevitable sequel to Black Friday. Have you shopped all the shopping? I'm tempted to buy a copy of Drop Mix, which is down to the price of a game instead of the price of a small car. What are you waiting to be in the sale, Pip-Pip? Robert. Well, when I go home, I'm going to have a look at the Switch sale, because I hope there is one. Maybe there isn't. Uh, oh, dear. I hope there is one. And uh, we're definitely looking for a laptop for Marioki, which I asked on our Marioki Discord today. Uh, if anyone could link me to mm. one. So I may try and buy a laptop this evening. Ideally, one with a, um, what do you call those little locking tab things where you can attach them to a cable so they don't get nicked. Oh. One of those. So I don't I, know what that is, but... But we do need it. We need it. Yeah. What about you? Um, I haven't Black friday or Cyber monday with any Black Friday's been going on for ages this week. It's been going on since last Friday. Start on Friday, ended on Friday? Yeah. I was watching a shopping channel mm. the other day and I heard the presenter say, This Black Friday Saturday. Oh I was no, like, that's, come that's on. Not a thing. And that wasn't even this Saturday, it was the Saturday before. Oh dear. No, I purchased some leggings mm -hmm. on Sunday. Don't tell us more. Uh, they were black. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, no, no, they were just They were plain. stealth game leggings. No, I'm wearing them now. That's a, a little bit... Oh. Uh, she is. She just lifted her leg above the desk yeah. to demonstrate that, indeed... Uh, but I did it on buttons. Sunday so that I didn't buy into any of Black oh, Friday or Cyber Monday. That showed the man. Um, I do like a bargain with games, though, because they can be quite pricey when you've got to buy a new one every week. <laughs> they can. They can. Um, okay, good. Final letter. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Mm -mm. Dear team, have you listened to BBC Radio 4, uh, BBC Radio 4 radio play Game Over, written by Emily Short and starring friend of the show, Sarah... Oh, I can never pronounce her surname. Almale. There you go. Uh, you'd be forgiven for missing it, as the BBC only keep their show online for a short while, so you might need to employ the help of a friendly archivist uh, with a thing for audio drama but in this hypothetical situation it would be well worth the effort the play explores whether a game should stay true to the creator's vision or focus on commercial success which is an interesting topic in its own right but it also stands apart as a well-written acted and produced fiction that uses game development as a theme no hysteria no outrageous stereotypes just a grown-up realistic and thought-provoking work I couldn't think of another similar example off the top of my head. Maybe you can. We're not all hysterical, outrageous stereotypes to be made fun of in film or print. Or are we? Your classy correspondent, Chris Conroy. I have not yet heard this play, uh, but would love to, uh, because it's you know obviously starring with a friend of the show, because uh, Sarah's been on the show a couple of times from GDC, and I've heard really, really good things about it. Have you heard it? 
I haven't heard it, and it's right up my street. I'm, mm. I'm really annoyed that I missed it at the time that it went out, and it is annoying that the BBC doesn't leave stuff. It's an interesting up subject it deals with as well. The uh, subject of should a game stay true to a creator's vision, or should uh, should it, you know, try to sell more cop- copies and make a profit, uh, which. It's quite a, it's pretty nuanced uh, debate, uh, which isn't as simple as oh, of course you should always make the creative, mm. uh, you know, the creative dream, because actually you have a moral responsibility to the sort of uh, livelihood of your employees. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at the Telltale situation and their games, that I've heard of you know, uh, sort of a mixed bag, but some of them absolutely beloved by people and probably often true to their creator's vision, but weren't selling. And uh, could that have been uh, avoided by producing more commercially successful games if that were a simple thing to do? Oh, yeah, we'll make a game that sells loads. I mean, everyone would do that if they could. Um, But if you are in charge of a company or senior in a company, I do think you have a responsibility to the staff that you have employed, especially if they are there on permanent contracts, mm. uh, because you know uh, they're there because they want, they're trying to make a life with you, and if you suddenly can't afford to pay them, then yeah, you've got to start thinking about how to make your games sell more. Um, it's one of the reasons, uh, apart from the fact that uh, I don't trust that any of my games would ever sell, uh, that I'm trying to separate my sort of financial stability. Uh, from a game's income at the moment because I think it is really, really difficult to make something that <laughs> that is true to your vision as a creator but it's also like, oh yeah, also let's stick a few loot crates in there to bring the <laughs> bring the Christmas, Christmas cash in. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's also uh, interesting having games development as the subject for other forms of entertainment mm. and just having a quick think then, there was another BBC thing... Um, that had Daniel Radcliffe in it that uh, was about yeah the, it was about Rockstar wasn't it yeah uh, and about the, the sort of legal a legal battle or is, was it the Jack Thompson it was one yeah and I never I didn't watch that one either I did watch um, the trailer for it and it looked very dramatic and I'm not entirely sure if that uh, fell into any of the stereotypes or anything Daniel Radcliffe was wearing a hoodie yeah so there we go. <laughs> so am I right now. Yeah, so, you know. You're maybe... you a Radcliffe fan? Yeah, yeah obviously. Of He's got his part of the family, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, part of the part fam. family. Yeah. All right, let's have another piece of music. Uh, this is called Swing By. Let's <laughs> go. 
so we are one life left. Uh, only two of us today. Simon is in Japan. He's probably listening, isn't he? I imagine What's so. Time is it in Japan right now? It's eight hours in front of hey, us. Hey, Siri. So it's about a quarter to four in the morning. What time is it in Japan? In Tokyo, Japan, it's 4.45. Ah, it's one hour out. In the morning. Wow. Uh, so Simon's probably tuning in. So hello. Hi, Simon. What's hello in Japanese? Uh, Hi, gozaimasu. Very good. Thank you. Is that hello? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, yeah, we yeah. are a video game radio show. We also have our spin-off in One Life Left Limited, our company, uh, Marioki, which is our video game karaoke night. It happens every month in Dalston. Uh, we had a brilliant event in November. Did you talk about that last week? No, because I wasn't there and neither was Simon, so we couldn't talk about it. Ah, I was there. And, and then I were, got ill. Yeah, because you were there. So Konnichiwa. Mari- that's... What's a haigozaimasu? <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, you talk, you talk about um, the So thing. we had a brilliant, brilliant night in, um, uh, in Dalston in November. Uh, for our Ma- November Mariaki. It was fantastic. Thank you so much to everybody who came. Oh, by the way, this is uh, Nakayama Ramo. It's from Music Org. Anyway, we had a brilliant night, uh, sang loads and loads of great songs. Thank you for turning up. And of course, we also put the Christmas tickets, Christmas party tickets on sale that night. Um, of a brilliant Christmas poster, which you should be able to see. It's on Twitter at the moment. And, ooh, lights went out in the studio. And uh, our party is on the 14th of December. Is that right? Or is it on the 16th? whichever one's a Friday I think it's the 14th 14th of December and 14th thank you 14th. tickets are priced £7.10 plus booking fee or a tenner on the door although we're fairly sure we will sell out we sell out every year and we're on our way to doing that now we do sell out you every can, year we try, we try to sell out more than we actually manage uh, you can find the tickets at xmasparty.singmariochi.com it is our one life left Christmas party and we have one every year. It's always the best time of the year. Do we know who our Santa's going to be yet? I thought you were sorting that. We don't know who our Santa's going to be yet. No. But we will have a games industry secret Santa. Fair, top secret. Top it's not, secret. It's not that we don't know. It's just it's very secret from all of us. Yep. Uh, you know what will happen? There'll be a guy in a, in a white beard sat in the corner. Uh, you know, he'll be brilliant and welcoming. He'll hand out games gifts to everyone like he does every year. And at the end of the night, he'll... It'll disappear and we'll see a little twinkle of magic into the mm-hmm. sky and I'll be like, oh, Anne, well done on getting the Santa mm-hmm. Claus this year. And you'll... No, Steve, it was... It was... You, you that... I didn't book... What, but S- Simon? Su- S- what? <gasps> <gasps> Lights went out again. Good. So uh, hopefully we'll get to see you all at Christmas party. It's going to be super, super good. One thing I was going to say is the best Christmas mariachi song we have, which obviously only come out once a year, mm. uh, involves my favourite rhyme, which involves the houses. Can you... No. No. You have to guess what it rhymes Turns with. Turns out uh, I say good morning to Simon, okay. which is appropriate. Which is appropriate. Yeah. Well done. Let's do some reviews. Oh, yeah, I forgot about... I was like, oh, this is nice music. It is, isn't it? Very familiar. Uh, very familiar. Uh, what have you been playing, Steve? We both picked Already? up our phones to... Yeah, because one of us has to go first. Ah, and okay. you didn't ask. It's going to take me a while to look this up. What have I been playing? I mean, I've, I've, You said you have two weeks' worth of games. Yeah, I do. I just can't remember any of them. 
right now. Did you play so a I game talked on about, mobile? Did I talk about? I talked about Party Hard 2, didn't I? I was playing that before. I'm just loading up my Steam app, not the Steam Link app. No. Uh, library. Well, shall I go whilst you're um, not going? Yeah, I'm almost there. Go on then. Okay, uh, so I played on mobile a little game called Gemini. Um, so it was one ninety nine. I think it's in the in a sale at the minute. And uh, I thought the when I picked it, I thought the art style was lovely, but I was mostly drawn in by a review which said this game is really brilliant and very short. Um, <laughs> two things that you like. I love that. So it is about uh, two stars in the universe, and me and you. Okay. Two stars in the universe, me and Steve. Uh, and so what? you control one of them. In the one-player mode, you control one of these stars. And you have to stay near the other star, the other star in order to uh, make both of the stars fly. If you get too far away, you both start falling. Um, and you have to do a series... You go through a series of levels. Some of them are sort of trying to light up different parts of, like, patterns. Some of them are going up um, almost like ladders of sound... Um, and then, yeah, they're all very beautiful, sort of like distinctly different um, visual levels. They all have sort of a different colour theme to them. And it's very nice and uh, quite therapeutic. Occasionally really frustrating in the way that some games on mobile are where you have to like constantly be... I don't know, it's something about like the pad of my thumb if I have to hit that on mm. I get really frustrated especially if it's not doing exactly what I want it to do which sometimes it doesn't um, and then you get to uh, a particular level um, where it gets really really hard and I don't think there is a way that you can get through it just on skill alone I think it's all a lot about you can get through some pieces bits of it um because obviously you've got a lot better at controlling the star and making them work together and mm -hmm. rise up. Uh, and then eventually... Well, I don't think I want to spoil the ending, because this is the ending. Uh, eventually something lovely happens, and it feels like um, there's a lot of uh, messages. There's like a story to be told with these two stars, but it's only told through their movement and through the music and through the settings. Um, and I think the story is really what you end up taking from it. Okay. Um, uh, I have some sort of thoughts about like collaboration and um, how you know you often feed other people with your own energy and you feed off them as well. It's a very nice sort of like quite uh, meditative, soothing thoughts that you can have, and it is often like quite a, a nice like soothing game, which occasionally has points of frustration. But yeah, it was just really, really pretty, very short, the music is lovely, um, and I stayed all the way to the credits. And in playing it one time, I unlocked the two-player mode, uh -huh. which I haven't played yet, okay. but it's very, very good. And I think it was made it, part of the N New York uh, University Incubator okay. thing. Um, anyway, so very interesting. Definitely give it a Check it out if you can. 7 out of 10. All right, so I have played loads and loads and loads of games, which is lucky because we've got about seven minutes. So, so have you played seven? Seven minutes, uh, 420 seconds, 42 seconds each. Go. Uh, if I have played 10, which I may not have done. Uh, okay, so I played Salsa Virtual. What's that? It's a virtual salsa simulator. Oh. So you learn to do some salsa 
virtually. It's a VR game where you do some virtual dancing instructed by an instructor. Do you feel like it's helped your IRL salsa dancing? No, because it was terrible and boring and I quit quite quickly. Oh dear. Which may be true for dancing as well, I don't know. Um, I have one friend who's a very good salsa dancer and she flicks her hair a lot. Did you... Do any it's hair more flicking? Sort of seemed to be more about hip shimmies. I didn't really get to the hair flicking. Yeah. Um, it was it was like a uh, you know uh, like bargain Poundland fitness DVDs. Yes. The VR game equivalent of Brilliant. that. Um, except for it definitely wasn't bargain price. I think it was about fifteen quid or Whoa. something. I might be making that up. It seemed to be quite expensive. Spit kiss. No, thank you. <laughs> Uh, Spit Kiss is uh, a game, a simple 2D uh, platform game about spitting on people in a nice way. What? Yeah, it's people who uh, like uh, express their affection for each other by spitting and you basically spit and then have to guide the blob of split, spit off walls and essentially onto the other pe- person. It sounds disgusting. And fundamentally it is. It's also kind of adorable and the puzzle design is great. The aesthetic is exceptional. But I had to stop playing it because the sound is so disgusting. (laughs) And the concept of spitting on someone is pretty gross as well. Could you not turn the sound off? Um, I could turn the sound off, but I chose not to. I chose to turn the game off. Okay, fair. But it is great. I, I think it's really, really beautiful design. And if you can get over the spitting on people thing, I totally recommend you play it. That's on Android. And iOS, 7 out of 10, as uh, Salsa Simulator also got 7 out of 10 as well. I played One Hour, One Life. What's that? Jason Rura's new game, newish oh. game. You know good old Rura? Jaso. Jaso, the big JR. Rurabot. Uh, <laughs> the, the Rura of... I don't know. He made Castle Doctrine. Okay. And he made Passage. And he made... Ah. A, couple of other of those sort of games Mm. one hour one life is a game where you play a person for one hour after which you die but during that hour you have to basically help civilization you are born into a family tree the person who is your uh, you know one of your parents is a a real player too so you're basically trying to continue this family tree for as long as possible Um, I only really played through the tutorial, which I found quite frustrating, uh, just because the actions were not clear. It is in early access. You're basically picking up loads and loads of objects and using them with loads and loads of objects. It's kind of like a crafting game to make other objects and essentially build yourself uh, up more complex objects that I guess make a permanent difference to the civilization of which you are a part. Uh, but I didn't get to that point because I found the it lo- like the interface genuinely quite frustrating but it's got a nice aesthetic i think it's got a really really nice and meaningful idea of like collaboratively uh trying to create something and it seems like a huge hugely impressive project uh so i'd recommend it i recommend you try it seven out of ten and i also played just the last game i'll talk about before we enter the closing remarks end of what i've left end zone i played thief simulator Okay. Which is a really in-depth simulator of being a thief in a very, very serious way. You are literally a burglar who creeps around and breaks into homes and steals stuff from people. And it made me feel super, super uncomfortable. Um, 
in a way that... Oh, did I talk about this already? Not in front of me. That's interesting. I'm really getting some deja vu now, but in a way that playing GTA doesn't make me feel. Like, GTA is is horrific violence and, you know, really, really nasty stuff, but is in a cartoon dumb way. This isn't. And I'm, I, I wasn't violent in it, and indeed, I'm not even sure you can be. But creeping around in someone's back garden where you see a family just getting on with their domestic activities inside the home and you've got to stay out of the shadows and then break into a place that, you know, belongs to them and steal their personal items, then go off to a pawn shop, sell them to upgrade your little pad. It felt super, super creepy. Didn't enjoy it. Seven out of ten. So you've learned to spit on people, salsa dance... And steal things. It's been quite a week for video games. Wow. And I haven't even played Tetris Effect yet. I'm really excited about Tetris Effect. But I decided I was going to wait until it comes out on PC, which it's not even announced for. So that's a bold well, decision. I decided I was going to wait until payday. You're going to buy it? Yeah. Because oh, you've got a PSVR. Yeah. Ah. I know. Uh, and it's currently set up, so if I'm going to do it, I should probably do it when the VR's yeah, already set up. I mean, I was talking to one of our friends, Ian, uh, I was talking to him about this, and he was like, yeah, it's quite expensive for Tetris. But to be honest, you're not. If you spend 35 quid on Tetris, you're going to get value for money out of it, because it's Tetris. And sure, you feel like, oh, but I had it on my Game Boy 20 years ago or whatever. And yeah, but your Game Boy's not on your face, is it? That's also true. Uh, but even so, you know you're going to play it for ages and ages because it's Tetris and brilliant. And we love Mitsugushi, so this is going to be a brilliant version as well. Yeah, sure. I'm very excited. Maybe I'll play it this weekend, but probably not. Uh, I'm really jealous. Well, you Maybe can come I will over come, and play. Come over. Yeah. Good. Let's arrange a play date. All right, fantastic. Uh, we are One Life Left. Is that the end of the show? Looks like. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. Just the two of us but with a guest. Yes. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>